All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Live Loud Life podcast. My name is Dr. Antonio, your host, and I am uh, excited to chat with my good friend, Janelle. And you have to pronounce your Oz. It's Orsborne. Orsborne, because yeah. I heard you say this the other day on something online. I was like, yeah. I'm saying it wrong. I felt Not Osborne. Yeah. Orsborne. That's all right. All right. Well, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, so um, glad to be here. We're going to jump in because... Because I think we're going to chat for a while. We want to get it in. Uh, but tell everyone who you are and what you're, I guess, doing now. And what yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've I've been a body worker for about 13 years now. I was 17 when I graduated from massage therapy school, and it was kind of on a whim that I, you know, decided to do this. Which, of course, it's always you know perfect and and divine. But it was this like coin toss between hair school and and bodywork school. And then while I was in massage school, I, I ended up falling in love with just the healing art form of, of bodywork and where that's been able to take me. So, um, my journey with that has been, you know, learning so many different people's, um, bodies, but then where like they're storing trauma in the body, where they're storing pain and how the pain is manifesting. And so that kind of set me on my path of, of not only learning more about trauma therapy and the way that the body literally holds trauma, but also my own healing journey of, of working with my mental health, my anxiety, some, some depression. And so now I'm working kind of in more the psychedelic space actually is where I'm really fascinated with, um, as far as how psychedelics are designed to literally heal our, our physical bodies as well as our minds and how those two things work so well together. Why do you think, I mean, cause these psychedelics, these yeah. plant therapies, obviously we, they've been around for a really long time, right? <laughs> totally. Why did it get so, I guess like not mainstream and now being so not mainstream, but you know, in this yeah. push of a lot, it's cause they're doing a lot of great studies with it. Uh, you know, PTSD and veterans and different things like that. Now, obviously it's, so that's getting up there where it's fairly mainstream where they want to be able to give this to people. Absolutely. Which is kind of a loaded question. Cause you always think like, why did these things that have been around for thousands of years, you know, in jungles and, and, you know, tribes have been using these therapies, these plants to heal themselves, their families for generations. Um, so I think, you know, abuse in the, the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, people not having a lot of maybe awareness around like the, the how and, and then just Being parents. Yeah. And then also <laughs> I, I always wonder too, just, you know, um, plant therapy is really effective and, you know, you can't really make a lot of money if people are healing and then getting better and there's not a great business model in sure. healthy people. And so I, I sometimes just wonder, you know, is this, um, that might be a, a rabbit hole of a conversation, but you know, can you make money, the pharmaceutical industries, can you make money on plant medicines? So I'll really be curious to see as the research comes through, um, with, with psychedelic assisted therapy specifically, how they're going to regulate that as they have kind of with the cannabis industry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so psychedelics specifically are, you know, I, I consider those in the realm of, of MDA, MDMA and, and psilocybin, which is the derived from the mushroom. Yeah. Um, No, that's a, that's a really good point because I mean, yeah. So is it, from my understanding, yeah. the way that it's being used now mm-hmm. is not so much 
on a personal use? It's more, is it always guided assisted? research? Well, there's right now it's, it's all just done in research settings. Um, okay. legally, obviously there's the, the people, you know, who are willing to go, yeah. to go there and just administer and be facilitators of plant medicine work. That's not necessarily done in, in a, a legal through the regulation. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and that's how I've done a lot of my own healing has just been through, um, working with facilitators who are, you know, extremely knowledgeable. They just might not be FDA regulated and done and done in like a therapeutic setting in that regard. So what I guess interests you um mm-hmm. being younger, right? Yeah. And and dealing with anxiety, some depression and different things like that when mostly what we hear is either medication or or yeah. just standard or even just standard therapy. Not yeah. to say that those are you know, we think um, a lot of times with those therapies, a good start. And then if that doesn't work, then sometimes it goes further. But yeah. how did you how did you first hear about this and how did it what like really piqued your interest in it? Well, I know just in, in the reflection of you, you're really a creator at heart. And and this is a, a form of healing as an artist. You know, this is my artistry to be a healer because no individual is everyone's individual. And so there's no two people that are going to ha- be alike in their healing. And and that was for me too. And so when I was, you know, having these, um, feelings of anxiety in my body and these, you know, really dark, like depressive thoughts, I was like, this can't be, my body's not deficient in a medication. That's mm-hmm. not how I was made. That's like I wasn't point. made to be deficient in, in medication. So there's something dysregulated in my system, in my, in my physical system. Um, And so I really just became my own experiment of like, I'm a creative person. We're all creative. We're all creators um, on some level and in some fashion. And so why would I want to numb or, you know, or or minimize my gifts and Mm -hmm. my connection with with God um, in the name of, you know, being healthy? And and so I just, it it set me on a course of what is mental health really? Um, And and why is my body dysregulated? What did you – were there things that you mm-hmm. tried before? Yeah, I was in talk therapy for for years, uh-huh. you know, three years of sitting once a week with like a therapist. And it was – of course, there's there's which, which all modalities and tools are depth. helpful. That's a long time. Yeah, but I just found that I wasn't in my, my physical body. There was a, a disassociation um, between my physical – um, experience and then what was going on in my mind. And that will happen with a lot of really creative people. Um, they'll live so up in their head that they, they rarely will be able to drop in. And trauma also is a, is a factor of not wanting to fully drop in the body if there's Mm. been physical trauma or if there's just a really, um, deep sense of, um, fear state to be in the body. And so the vagus nerve has really been what I've been, you know, passionate about studying is how Mm -hmm. can we regulate the the vagus nerve, which is the the rest and digest kind of nerve. So when you stimulate this nerve, your body's able to actually fall into a rest state instead of being in like a fight or flight mode. And so you can actually just do that through breath work. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where I started as well. Um, in therapy and then in breath work, I was having tremendous breakthrough and I, I facilitate breath work journeys on, on retreats and, um, one-on-one sessions as well. And, um, you, you create an altered state of consciousness when you're in that deep of a parasympathetic state, you drop into the Delta brain wave state and your brain is actually able to, to regulate itself again, instead of having so many chemicals from being in fight or flight that you just become so dysregulated that I was literally disassociated from what am I even feeling? Because my, my mind is running away with itself. Yeah. Um, and so then I, I found, you know, plant medicine 
again, kind of by accident, but it was recommended to me by several people before I finally said yes. Um, it's a big, I, this is a big step. Yeah, you say what? Like what? Yeah, I, <laughs> I had actually worked with the the board of health in Colorado when I was in my early twenties. Oh, cool! And I was extreme. I was extremely opposed to a lot of the the bills and the the things, the legislation that they were passing around cannabis and um, regulation of cannabis. Um, I'm not really familiar with that plant specifically and the, Mm -hmm. um, but I was, it's just unique, the journey I've been on because I was so rigid and fixated in my mind thinking like all drugs are bad and medicine that is regulated by the FDA is good. And, and I think that there's kind of a really big gap between the psychedelic space and Western medicine. Um, and so that's just been a a journey in and of itself for me is, is coming into, um, the surrender of like, wow, there's probably a lot that we actually aren't utilizing because it's going to heal people and it's not going to keep people dependent on medication. Yeah. Which is, and that's, I think what's also hard too is, it's funny, uh, (laughs) you've, you may have heard, uh, uh, this before because a pastor at a church would said it right it's like drugs drugs work if your drugs didn't work you got sold bad drugs right yep. but i think what's so hard now especially in our society is we want that like i want to be better yesterday and when you like take cer- yeah when you take certain yeah. medication like they are pretty potent and they do Absolutely. work some wonders but it's like that that thing you were talking about is like systemically Right. Getting down to things, not just covering up, not just trying to balance yeah. certain levels because the chart said to do that. Right, right. If you're trying to balance certain levels, there's probably a Band-Aid kind of situation that's being put on on a real underlying issue of, yeah. for me, it was just a lot of, you know, dysregulated, like, stuff from childhood that I had never really been able to sit with and face. And, you know, and then it set me on the spiritual journey of um, really kind of deconstructing my my faith and being like, what, what do I actually believe in? What really is like my purpose? Because I can't, it can't just be to like stay on this hamster wheel of, um, just medicating my, my own Mm -hmm. anxiety and depression. It has to be medicine. And, and that's, that became my, um, agreement with myself was like, I'll only go where there's medicine because medication for me just keeps, keeps me and keeps anyone that I will come in contact with as a healer kind of just on, um, on that pendulum as well or on that that hamster wheel and oftentimes creates dependency issues and all that other stuff yeah which which again i mean i don't know enough about all those medications Mm -hmm. and and obviously certain medications work well in beautiful yeah certain situations (laughs) yeah there's a there's a really interesting there's been a few books that i've read that have really um felt resonant in the way that I approach my own healing and the people that I, that I work with now in their healing journeys, but the body keeps the score. I'm sure you're familiar with that book. Um, and if not, it's worth, it's worth reading. If you feel like there's maybe chronic pain in your body that isn't from anything, uh, or even like chronic anxiety, because mm-hmm. chronic anxiety is a really good indicator that there's probably something in your life that's out of alignment, mm-hmm. because that was really my indicator. And I was like, why am I so anxious? And it was really that just that I wasn't in alignment with a lot of things in my life, um, a relationship, you know, the the way in which I had structured my life, where I almost was structuring a life that I couldn't like afford. And then I was working mm-hmm. super hard to keep up with it. And so there was just a lot that wasn't in alignment. It was very common for a lot of people. Right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and so it got me on this spiritual journey of like deconstructing my faith, really coming into like some honesty with myself. Yeah. And when I started down the, the, the pathway of, of psychedelics, it was 
unique because um, the word psychedelic literally means to reveal the soul. And so mm. when I when I like read that and then really sat with that, I was like, whoo, it's not an it can't be an escape route if you're really doing it. Yeah, um, it's going towards you're really it. doing it. You're yeah. going straight to meet yourself. And I remember the first time I, I ever worked with um, the 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 psilocybin um, medicine. I was like, am I going to like beat a demon? Like, I don't want any crazy <laughs> stuff to happen. And and my facilitator and good friend now, she was like, well, if you have a demon inside you, like you'll meet that. You meet whatever you need yeah. to meet in order to be able to, to really like basically just love that part of, of myself. And so, um, and that's my approach to healing is like, where in yourself are you not, because love is the ultimate medicine ever like yeah, yeah. period end of story and so then just how can i as a healer then hold the space for myself to alchemize that thing in me that's that's fear driven or that's that's ego driven that's out of alignment can i love this part of myself to be able to alchemize it to then be able to love it because love will ultimately heal it and that has probably been the the biggest um motto that i i approach in any journey or any thing that i facilitate and um, my body's just been completely shifted since working with, with psychedelics. Um, I've, I've lost weight that I like was carrying that, mm. that I wasn't even, it was just emotional. Yeah. Um, almost like armor protection. Um, I have a, you know, I'm just more clear and, and been able to integrate then because the, the other side of this work is integration. I've been able to integrate to structure a life that can actually support my healing and not just stay on the the hamster wheel. Yeah. And that's been the most profound part of this work. It's not for the faint hearted, um, but it's definitely for those who are, are just hungry t for the, the truth because we're, we're not meant to be in pain. We're not meant to suffer. That could not be our birthright ever. And so for me, the, the journey has been not only from a physical standpoint, um, but it's actually taken me very much into the spiritual aspect of, of healing. How? Because um, one thing I remember us talking about in the past in mm -hmm. in uh, a framework of mindset and different things like that. One thing that I've heard is like anxiety is basically the separation between expectation and reality, wow. right? So we we set set certain expectations on certain, and then when you don't meet it, right, you just get all <laughs> get all flustered, and and which is tough because that can be misconstrued with goals and different things like that. Um, yeah. But that's something I know I've struggled with. Is like I have this expectation of what something should be or where I should be yeah. from a business standpoint, a father, a partner, and all those things. And then when I don't meet that, it's kind of like, you know, kind of upset or that's that, that anxiousness, right? So yeah. how have in, in that, in that kind of maybe thought of expectations in reality and not necessarily goal mm -hmm. setting, but just mindset wise, like being able to think about the future, right? strive for that greatness and the future and understanding yeah. when certain maybe milestones and things don't match up with that. Yeah. Like I said, we're all creators. And so we're all creating our reality and we create the future, but we, we will miss whatever's meant for us if we're not in the present moment. And so the work that I've done in myself the last I'm, I'm 29 now and I kind of started this work um, really in depth around 27. And so the last two years have been all in, you know, giving mm -hmm. myself over to the present moment, not to anything that I could be um, in the future. Because mm -hmm. if I, 
if I'm not present with myself and my my work now, then the future that I'm going to create is going to literally just be more of the same, more separation between yeah, yeah. what the way I think it should be and the way it is. Brick by brick, right? <laughs> yeah, and and it's like as it sounds simple, but it's actually the most profound potent thing in the world is the present moment. Like we had no idea what we were going to talk about really when we sat down to do this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and so if we are anywhere else but here, our medicine of, of these words and this conversation yeah. isn't even that, it doesn't really mean anything if we're already thinking about, you know, where we're going to be after this. So it's the the slowing down, creating a lifestyle, cultivating a lifestyle where I can be present enough to then create a future reality that is, um, it's it's true, I guess, because that's really ultimately what we're all after is the truth. The yeah. truth just can be um, a bit um, abrasive sometimes if there is a lot out of alignment. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. So I'm curious. So obviously now yeah. everything we've been talking about, right, yeah. has been more from an intervention of something happened. We're trying to clear or yeah. work through some things. And I don't know if it's even come to mind, which if it hasn't, hmm. you know, move forward on something else. But uh, we can't avoid trauma. Trauma comes up. Right. Shit happens, as they say. Right? Totally. Uh, but from an early standpoint, for maybe like younger kids and middle schoolers and high schoolers, or maybe we don't want to intervene Impose, with yeah. psilocybin and things like that. <laughs> and, and yeah. uh, you know, those types of medicines is like having discussions around how to deal with those things and yeah. work through those things or understanding yeah, absolutely. You know, there are tribes that are, you know, um, in in different parts of Peru. I was, you know, as I've researched plant medicines where like 12-year-olds will drink ayahuasca with their dads and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. one way to do it. Yeah. Um, but as, yeah. Maybe as, they do need to do it earlier on, just like, you know. I feel for me what, what would have been so helpful for me as a child was to um, be given, I was given tremendous space by my parents and they absolutely have done like an incredible job. I'm the oldest of six kids. Yeah. Um, but I think where, where I've noticed that parents can sometimes, um, they set the expectations for their children. Mm-hmm. And, um, rather than just allowing the child who comes full of purpose, fully tapped into their heart and who they are, and then they come into a reality that might not fully reflect, um, or be, they might not be given space to fully let that be expressed. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, I noticed a big part of my journey was um, the expectations that I maybe was were feeling were imposed um, by my family, by the church that I went to, by the um, just the, the way that I was raised. Meaning like to do certain things. Or yeah, to be, yeah. Yeah. Just like the level in which um, I was expected to show up. Um, from a really young age, obviously mm-hmm. there there was some trauma in my childhood as well. Uh, but but as far as like like you have young kids, and so just kind of being like, there's a really great song by Need to Breathe called Banks, and it talks about being the banks to a river, where it's like, all right, I've been operating in this this world for longer than you, but you're actually the medicine for this this next wave of consciousness to come through children are, I believe. And so yeah. it's like holding the kid, your, you know, these children in, in such a way that they can bring their medicine of their heart to the world. And then just like, you know, giving them food and water and like enough a place to sleep and they will honestly figure it out. And yeah. I think the biggest thing for me has just been deconstructing my own shoulds so that I can be my, the medicine that the world needs as well. And, um, 
yeah, so I, I can't wait to have to have my own children someday that they can come and and show me the way instead of me thinking I could ever have anything to teach them. I did um I did a episode with um his name is Dr. Bill Morgan. He's one of our mentors. He's yeah. he's the president of Parker College of Chiropractic. He's been a chiropractor for so many years. Wow. He treated Congress members like yeah. dude is amazing. And so <laughs> our we were talking about leadership and it came up as, as parenting and all that else. It's like I, the biggest thing that I've learned about parenting, it is the biggest reflection on myself. If everything that comes out of me based on a certain situation is just like, you know, if I'm, if I'm my, my oldest son, yeah. we're the ones that butt heads the most. Uh, but as like something happens, I'm getting to, it, I was like, I'm just look, I'm literally like, I'm almost looking at myself as I'm doing yeah. it. It's like, I'm not even, I'm not even mad at him. No, it's actually the part of you that you, that maybe isn't again, where am I not fully loving myself that this is still triggering me on yeah. some level? Or I'm like, I'm having this like perceived negative emotion around this like child. And so I completely could see how that was. Which, which is always super curious too, like, like where and how it gets built up through the generations or whatever it is. I mean, we came from uh Catholic Hispanic on one side of my family, yeah. right? And you know, that's like yeah. pretty totally. pretty rigid to the bone. Not that my parents were su- super were. Um, but I'm curious too within that is I don't know, you just I think the biggest thing is just being adaptable, right? And that's the yeah. hardest part. Different kids need different things, different people need different things and understanding what that level mm-hmm. is because, you know, some people work really well with more, the banks are tighter. Absolutely. Whereas you, you get, you open it up and then, you I know. was a kid that needed like <laughs> maybe just like a little bit of banks and yeah. I was just a full river. Um, and I, I think I was given really tight, you know, this is how it needs Too to much, be done. Yeah. And, and so it just for any parents listening, like if you can just really feel your children, not just listen to them and see, but like feel them like, and, and just trust that their heart is fully tapped into, they know the way yeah, and that, you know, you might have more experience, um, operating a car and, and like knowing how to buy food at a grocery store, <laughs> but like yeah, the, the children just really understand and that they are our greatest teachers if we can feel them and like give them the space to really let themselves be heard. I know that so many parents are probably like, yeah, my kids say like the most, they have no filter. And it's because they're really just tapped in and, yeah. and they won't, they won't hold back because the ego hasn't been able to come online yeah. for children um, fully around like age seven is when like that first seven year cycle hits and a child's really able to first start to develop the ego, which is really just our fear manager, our trauma manager. And so, um, a lot of plant medicine will, will dis- disillusion the ego for us to show us where our heart maybe like was put on the back burner so that we could manage our fear. That's um, interesting. Yeah. Because really our heart is, is how for me, I'm like committed so much to living from a heart space of what, what wants to come through me into the world, um, that I had to kind of, it's been a, a bit of a death to, to some of the things that I think thought that I wanted and, and, you know, have still like formed a little bit of attachment to, um, whether it be, I mean, all the way to like relationships I thought I wanted, um, or, you know, I want to live in this kind of a house or I want to, and, and so now I'm just so committed to honestly, to love and, and to, to healing um, myself and, and being medicine for so many people that I'm kind of having to even surrender. And again, I was, I'm about to turn 30 into like, all right, well, that's not how I thought I was going to, where I was going (laughs) to be at 30. And, and, um, but even like surrendering to that too, of like, if I'm just continuing to stay present and listening truly to what, to my heart is saying, 
um, which is a cultivated practice. And it was something that honestly, I didn't know how to do two years ago, really, yeah. um, without, you know, the work that I've done. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back to kids. Yeah. How, I mean, the I think one of the hardest parts, because obviously this is what we're talking about is parents and kids at home and whatnot. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm more so just kind of curious because we're starting this journey of potentially homeschooling our kids yeah. and your homeschool journey. Yeah. Being one of six kids and everything else. Totally. And did that make it too hard? Because you guys were, you living together and then you're doing school together, <laughs> you know, it's, which is good because it's, yeah. you know, more time with family, but sometimes it's almost too much where yeah. getting out into different things. Yeah, I think it was I was like my parents like um I was their oldest, so I was like the trial child and like <laughs> all of my siblings I'm sure like like it's, it was just, you know, I, I I'm lucky that I got to be the oldest in my family. Um however, there's just a lot of trial and error. And so for me, I think it was amazing to be homeschooled, but it was the integration into like society cuz I I always knew like I was I was special and I guess like every kid has that. Like I know yeah. that I'm special and it it was almost like I had to I didn't have enough, um, integration into like being with other kids to see like, where am I at? Like with, cause I just only hung out with other homeschool kids and it was awesome. And there's, we're still great friends today, but I almost like dumbed myself down to go into society because I was just this really bright, vibrant kid, but I would like go into society and and my parents did the best they could like signing up for sports and gymnastics. But really I I was like, man, like this doesn't, it's not like resonating with me to do all these different activities. Like I, I want to interact with, um, kids who are, are like, like me, but not maybe just like all homeschool kids or like all just church kids or all there, there needs to be like a a diverse, a diversity in it, I guess. Did that add to any of the stress, anxiety and stuff that, that you were feeling in that kind of early young adulthood? Definitely. That, you think like, that's part of it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's- I mean, because that's heavy when you're running your life one way, right? Yeah. It's all- It's, it's like, wait, that world operates like this? And I now I would absolutely homeschool my kids. Yeah. Like, um, I wouldn't have said that a few years ago, but I see the the value of like being able to cultivate so many things that you wouldn't be able to in like a public school system or, um, uh, but there's some incredible like Montessori school system For sure, now yeah. and, um, just like more classically educated, I think is the, the way that a, a child will learn best. Yeah, no, I mean, we're obviously Bowden, our oldest is he's only in kindergarten, Yeah, but I mean, homeschool is honestly great. Like they wait, we wake up, we, we kick it early. Heck he's yeah. done, you know, he's done. He's at least from kindergarten standards he's doing good yeah and where i think is cool too is then the child can be on their own rhythm like every person has like their own their own body rhythm their own work ethic and so where i think like my mom was just trying to like be captain of a a really busy ship she had six of us and so she was like structure and you know you need to be up at this time but had i been given a little more space to be like man i actually work best at 11 o'clock at night Mm. so i should just like that's when i should do my school you know when i was like in fifth sixth seventh eighth grade and um you know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19. I've never really had like a, a job. And so yeah. I do owe that to being homeschooled of like, what a gift Definitely. that I have my own kind of work ethic and I'm a self-starter and I never really had anyone other than my parents telling me like your assignments are due here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited for you guys and, and homeschooling is going to be amazing. We're looking forward to it. Yeah. Slightly scared That's, though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, tell me about some of the other newer tell me about some of the other newer adventures and things that you're getting into yeah so plant medicine can be like a kind of abrasive thing if you're 
if you're just new to it and yeah. if it's not been something that's been introduced because I know that it really was for me. And so there's a plant medicine that I'm really, really loving right now called cacao. And it's um, mm. it's literally just like the whole cocoa bean that they yeah. ground up and it has the full fat in it. But it can be a beautiful stimulant for the body rather than drinking coffee in the morning, which stimulates your brain. And a lot of people say it just magnifies their anxiety. Uh-huh. And so I've switched to drinking cacao about two years ago. And that's been oh, okay. an incredible shift for my body as well. It's um, There's really high magnesium in cacao. There's a lot of um, micronutrients, antioxidants that create just like a really beautiful heart opening experience that gives, it's a stimulant as well. Mm-hmm. So it gives this really beautiful feeling to the body as like, one would want when they drink coffee without like the jitters of, of drinking caffeine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I started, um, a plant me- or a, a cacao little label called Coco love. And that's my way to start sharing plant medicine with people. Um, because once you'll try cacao, you're, you're more willing to like have the conversation maybe about, yeah. about a, a different plant medicine. Get, get your foot in the door, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've been talking about children a lot. And so I, I wrote a children's book, um, oh, nice. which will be out in the new year. Um, still kind of in the the development stages, but um, preserving that inner child because so much trauma work and so much therapy. I'm like, man, if we could just like reach the five-year-old, which right. is where all plant medicine journeys will take you to at one point or breathwork journeys, they'll always take you back to that inner child at some point because that's the, that's the truth. And so um, I wrote a children's book that's going to be out, which is really exciting. And then um, have been facilitating retreats with some of my best friends. We all kind of created um, a platform called Pursuing Purpose that we've been able to do some some healing retreats and, and take people on this heal, adventure of healing themselves as well. That's awesome. Talk about a little bit more about the retreats. How long are they? The retreats are about four to seven days long. And um, those are amazing. But they're they're kind of like, the thing for me was I started on my healing journey alone. And what I love that you guys are building here is a sense of community because I think, you know, you can heal without a lot of different things, but if you're like feeling isolated and alone, it's almost impossible to really feel, you know, seen, heard, loved, encouraged, like all the things we want to feel to operate at a high frequency. No doubt. I mean, I mean, isolation is the, the, Leading the cause thing, of a lot of disease. Well, and, and the thing that everyone has been suffering from over the last two years. Absolutely. Um, which is probably another rabbit hole. But so for, for me and for, for my team, um, we, you know, we just were like, we want like a holistic experience where someone can come experience breath work, you know, cacao. Um, we don't work with psychedelics on our retreats yet, but, um, (laughs) but just to be able to experience these holistic modalities and do it in community where they're held in a container. And that's just been profound. And so those are through, um, pursuing purpose and then, just following along on my Instagram, which is just at, in my first and last name, Janelle Orsborn, um, which is a great way to kind of keep up with the work that I do, um, yeah. just one-on-one and then also in a group setting, which I also facilitate breathwork journeys here in Denver. Sweet. Um, so if people are, are interested in trying breathwork, that's a great way to get your foot in the door of altered states of consciousness because it's really your own breath. It's just a hyper oxygenated state. Yeah. So blood alkaline levels shift and all of a sudden you're having this uh, semi psychedelic experience without really even taking a substance. And so people that are, um, hesitant to try, I completely understand. And that's why I became a breathwork facilitator as well to be able to offer that medicine and experience. Where do you hold, where do you hold those in Denver? There's, um, a social club called archipelago clubs. It's fantastic. There's a lot of different, um, healers, teachers there. And, um, yeah. And so that's been, that's been really fun. I've also studied, this is, 
this is getting into a whole nother conversation, but I've been studying the gene keys. And okay. so the gene keys are, are, um, basically based on the amino acids in your body and the way that they vibrate. Um, they can be in a shadow state or a, a really high frequency state mm -hmm. and then how to elevate those amino acids to be in the highest vibrational state where disease really can't exist. What, what were some of the interventions to make that shift be? Um, is that, is that nutritional and plant-based yeah, or is it? You can actually supplement amino acids yep. through the, but it's, it's first of all, just knowing what your gene keys are. Gotcha, There's gotcha. 11 of them and they're, they're based on astrology and the Chinese I Ching. And so I've been really kind of diving into studying our own, like each of us have an individual genetic makeup. So we'll each have a different way that our body understands itself. Yeah. Um, my purpose in life is different than your purpose, but we both have purpose. 100%. And so it's just being able to to work with people as an individual has been my my biggest passion because one medicine is not going to work for everyone. And, and my passion has just been like making sure that anyone that comes in front of me feels seen by all of the modalities that I've been able to to work on healing myself. My purpose in the Gene Keys is, is boundlessness. Yeah. And there's literally boundless expressions of love and healing and um, I've kind of just been on the journey of discovering what works for me. And which, which I think is so good, right? Because it's, well, A, someone who's been through the trenches, right? But B, it's just mm -hmm. for someone who's in, who's been just, I mean, lack of a better term, just like stuck, you know what I mean? Totally. And having someone that can help navigate that, all the different possibilities. Because as we said, talk therapy is great. Right. Certain medications run their purpose, you know. Body work serves their purpose, but someone who can do it it's, all. It's even the energy that you set all of those modalities with. It's like this serves its purpose. You know, it, it, yeah, like the, yeah. the, the, the your voice tonation goes down. Yeah. And it's like, I love to talk about things that are like fun. Like really, it's like having a dance party is fun. Like that's yeah. medicine. <laughs> and sometimes that will elevate my frequency into like a completely different state where yeah. – um, then I'm like, oh, that was just fun and, and laughter, like things that – and so community has been huge for that. And so I, I love the work that you're doing to kind of build yeah, a, a community yeah. place here too Yeah, because that's profound. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. I learned some cool things. Yes. Thank you. Uh, looking to see – I'm I'm, have to, I'm not hitting the ice bath tonight with you guys, <laughs> yeah. but uh, next time for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I love following all your stuff. Thanks Thank for you. sharing. Um, looking forward to seeing where everything goes with that. Yeah. Thanks for the work you're doing too. And uh, um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me um, Archipelago Clubs Denver and um, just follow along and see kind of how you can come get involved with the work I'm doing um, privately, one-on-one -on -one, or in community as well. We'll put those in the show notes. So Perfect. we get all those. Awesome. Links. Right. All right. Thanks, guys. Live loud. Cheers.